The open parliament is in session. The legislative yen took a milestone step toward public accountability on Tuesday, launching a new section on its website dedicated to open governance. The webpage provides a text of bills, transcripts, and live streams of parliament, parliament proceedings. Legislative speaker Yoshi Kun, activists, and lawmakers across party lines unveiled the new webpage at a press conference on Tuesday. NDI is excited about the future of Taiwan's open government work and its continued support for all those around the world who seek to protect their rights and dignity from malign influence. In this video message, National Democratic Institute President Derek Mitchell congratulated Taiwan on its Open Parliament initiative, which went live Tuesday on the Legislative Yuan's official website. We hope that through implementing the Open Government National Action Plan, we can create a legislature that's more functional, more transparent, and more open to citizen participation. The press conference was attended by civic groups as well as representatives from the DPP, New Power Party, and Taiwan People's Party. Action plans for open government are promoted by the Open Government Partnership, a multilateral initiative founded in 2011 by eight countries, including the US, the UK, Brazil, and Mexico. Its main objective is to promote open governance around the world. In Taiwan, officials hope to make parliamentary discussions easily available for all Taiwanese to watch. Their action plan also involves compiling meeting materials onto a single platform, promoting transparency and honest governance, and encouraging citizen participation in the lawmaking process. Only when everyone can participate will we have truly realized the vision of citizen participation anytime, anywhere, instead of citizen participation every two years or every four years or every eight. Instead, you can be a part of the conversation at all times. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs will continue its progress on the related work. Besides participating in activities held by the Open Government Partnership, we will demonstrate Taiwan's commitment to open governance through a variety of promotional Content. Taiwan is making headway toward open and transparent governance, expanding the way citizens can engage with the government. Officials hope these efforts will be noticed on the world stage. Taiwan is considering easing quarantine rules for recovered COVID patients who later test positive for the virus at its airports. Officials say that as COVID spreads globally, more and more such individuals will show up at the border. They're drafting up rules to allow early release from home isolation for recovered patients who are no longer contagious. Even as Taiwan's border restrictions remain firmly in place, imported COVID-19 cases are continuing to trickle in. In some cases, travelers tested negative for COVID twice before flying to Taiwan, only to test positive upon arrival. The CECC says that unnecessary contact tracing comes at a cost and is a drain on medical resources. The CECC is considering easing the criteria for early release from isolation. First, the person should have proof of a negative COVID test provided by a reliable source. Second, the person should have a CT value of at least 34 and substantial time should have passed between the patient's diagnosis abroad and their arrival in Taiwan. Finally, the patient must have COVID antibodies. If all three conditions are present, the arrival won't need to complete all 14 days of quarantine and their contacts too may be released early. 
If the person has a high CT value in the very first test, this person would not necessarily be categorized as a confirmed case, because it's possible that the person is still in the process of recovery after a prior infection, and that their body contains traces of nucleic acids. If a test for antibodies comes back positive, it means the person was infected at least two or three weeks ago. How long that person needs to be isolated is still something to be discussed. Experts have reached a preliminary consensus on a protocol for early release, but its details must still be finalized. The CCC says it has no timetable for a rollout. Meanwhile, countries around the world are already lifting border restrictions. The U.S. Center for Disease Control has announced that people who've been fully vaccinated for COVID can forgo their face masks in small indoor gatherings with other vaccinated individuals. The effectiveness of the U.S. vaccines is 94 to 95 percent. Say that two people are vaccinated. It's extremely unlikely that the vaccine is ineffective for both of them. At least one of them will be protected, so the disease would be unlikely to spread. But the circumstances in Taiwan may be different. In Taiwan, there may be several different vaccines administered. We can't compare ourselves with the U.S. yet. What they've done is reasonable enough. They have worked out the probabilities. Taiwan's first batch of 117,000 AstraZeneca vaccines is still under inspection. Their impending rollout raises hopes of a return to big gatherings and global travel. A campaign to rescue algal reefs took center stage at the Legislative Yuan on Tuesday. Premier Su Zhenchang took questions from lawmakers over an upcoming referendum that's trying to block a natural gas project in Datan near an algal reef. Premier Su said that if the referendum passes and the project is blocked, Taiwan may need to continue its dependence on coal for a little while longer. But the premier emphasized that even if Taiwan has to revise its energy targets, restarting work on nuclear power plant number four is out of the question. Premier Su reported to the Legislative Yuan on Tuesday. As expected, he was asked about a referendum aiming to stop the construction of an LNG receiving terminal, which has already collected 500,000 signatures. If the project can't proceed smoothly, we're still going to need electricity. So the situation will be that we won't have natural gas with which to replace coal. So of course... Premier Su said that if the Datan project can't proceed, Taiwan would be unable to expand its use of natural gas and would have to continue its reliance on coal. A DPP lawmaker asked if the government would restart construction on the Shenao coal-fired power plant, which was killed in a referendum in 2018. Our government policy has always been to replace coal with natural gas, so we won't look to restart Shenao power plant. Su said the government has no plans to reboot the Shenao power plant or resume construction on nuclear power plant number four. The Tsai administration aims to go nuclear-free by 2025, and environmentalists fear that scrapping the Datan terminal could jeopardize that goal. Environmental groups have proposed relocating the terminal to Taipei Harbor, but the plan drew objections on Tuesday from a lawmaker. If the referendum really passes on August 28th, the natural gas receiving station project can't be relocated to Taipei Harbor, right? Undesirable facilities like these can't be moved or changed just like that. If you do that, all of Taiwan will protest. Nobody wants it. According to Economics Minister Wang Meihua, previous feasibility studies indicate it would be difficult and time-consuming to relocate the station to Taipei Harbor. She said environmental groups have already been given a full picture of the situation's complexity. 
Taipei is full of architectural gems and places of beauty, but some are hidden away or known only by history buffs. To help promote Taipei scenic spots, the Taipei city government has selected the city's top seven this year from a total of 58. The National Palace Museum and Taipei Children's Amusement Park won the award for exceptional accomplishment, while Taipei 101 Observatory, Beitou Museum and Qingtian 76 were uh, given the award for excellence. Formosa News reporter takes us to Qingtian 76, a Japanese-style residence built in 1931, to learn about the history and preservation of the building. We're currently at Qingtian 76, a Japanese-style residence built in 1931. Qingtian 76 was recently awarded as one of the top scenic spots in Taipei. The tour guide gives a tour of the house. He explains the ways in which the building infuses both Japanese and Western architectural styles. For example, the windows are a combination of Japanese and Western style. It has a bay window and a Japanese window with Western wood shutters. This house is called Qingtian 76 and was built by Masashi Adachi in 1931. Adachi was an agricultural science professor. In 1945, the house became the residence of Professor Ma Tingying, who was the chairman of the National Taiwan University's Geoscience Department. However, as time passed, the old houses were abandoned. It wasn't until 2011 that the Golden Seas Education Organization started to restore Qingtian 76. At that time, the first thing I wanted to do was introduce the research carried out by my teacher's teacher, Professor Ma Tingying. Also, I found that the old house was not maintained, so I wanted to take care of it. Every day we perform garden maintenance. We have a maintenance record sheet, including an indoor daily maintenance sheet. We have also invited architects to propose different methods of rehabilitation. The Cultural Bureau has to review the proposal before they can carry out the work. The building was named a historic monument by the Taipei Municipal Government in 2016. Visitors can sign up for free cultural tours. For example, there is a geoscience tour that allows visitors to learn more about different kinds of rock specimens on Taiwan proper, as well as offshore. In addition to introducing the formation of three types of rocks, we will also discuss the reasons for the formation of our island of Taiwan. For the historical part, we will introduce the architectural changes to the house, the mixture of Japanese and Western style. We also talk about Professor Adachi and Professor Ma. The house was converted into a restaurant in 2011, serving Japanese cuisine. How do they promote a balance between a restaurant and a historic monument? The first way to achieve the balance is not allowing too many people to visit. The second way is that if we run a restaurant, people may be unaware of how the past owner used the house. So we always emphasize that our free guided tours in the morning provide the history about the previous owner and the kind of research he carried out. Qingtian 76 is 90 years old this year. The Golden Seas Education Organization hopes to continue preserving the beautiful residence and keep its story as well as Taiwan's history alive. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Weiyao in Taipei. Children's theater company Paper Windmill is preparing to debut a show titled Yuma, which means Horse of Rain in Chinese. It's an adaptation of a coloring book by Taiwanese author Xiao Ye, who is of Hakka descent. On Monday, the Troupe and the Hakka Affairs Council gave a sneak peek of the production by unveiling a giant blue horse sculpture that will feature prominently in the play. 
This play is the third collaboration between Paper Windmill and the Hakka Affairs Council. It will debut on Friday at the National Taiwan Concert Hall Plaza and be followed by another performance on Saturday. The cherry blossoms are bursting into flower all across Taiwan. But off the beaten path of your average nature lover lies a hidden paradise in the mountains of Hualien. Cherry blossoms line Bihetan in the indigenous village of Takahan. The spot offers a serene setting to enjoy the vitality of spring. Birds fly among the branches tweeting as one after another the cherries come into bloom. This reverie in pink renders the lakeside a perfect idol. No flight to Japan required. This is a made-in-Taiwan Sakura Avenue. On the lake sits a small island where a unique statue of the Virgin Mary stands in prayer, transporting visitors to a place of serenity. When the cherries are in bloom, it is indeed beautiful, especially in the mist, when it feels like being in the realm of immortals. Here at 441 meters above sea level sits Bihetan. The hidden paradise lies nestled in an indigenous village in Hualien's Wanrong Township. The lake was originally a field. Local chieftain Biha Walisa gave up the land to create a dike. After it burst, his eldest son repaired the dike and it began to be fed by a mountain spring. That's how the lake was named Bihetan. This year's cherry blossoms are at their peak and very bright. They've made a beautiful scene in the mountains. This area has outstanding natural landscapes and outstanding souls too. The township office has been continually improving and sponsoring the area to allow the spot to become even more beautiful. Hualien is stunning in any season, but Bihetan is certainly a cherry among cherries right now. If you're planning a Sakura viewing trip in 2021, this could be it. China recently banned the import of Taiwanese pineapple in a blow to fruit producers. But the news sparked off a wave of, of appreciation for local fruit by Taiwanese chefs and consumers. We go now to one extremely unusual pineapple dish that's popped up. Chef uh, Hong Jinlong is an award-winning master of beef noodle soup. Now he's created a fruity version with Taiwan's summer vibes. Everyone's favorite beef noodle soup, but there's a fruity twist. The sweet pineapple sets up the meaty backbone of the soup perfectly. This version boasts beef tendon and pork belly. The chef slices of the pineapple skin and its golden flesh goes in the juice machine. Flesh and juice are separated so that they can control the sweetness and balance of the mixture. Every pineapple is unique in terms of its ripeness and sweetness, so we separate the flesh and juice and use the flesh for the beef noodle soup. The fruit goes into the beef broth and soon lets out a delicious sweet and sour aroma. Chef Hong showed how timing is the key. There are enzymes in the pineapple, so you have to add it last. Too early, and it will make the beef over soften and disintegrate. Before long, the pineapple is unrecognizable, but Hong had to order 100 crates of the fruit to develop this dish to perfection. As it's heated, the pineapple changes, and the ripeness, the taste, the sweetness all change completely. It really transforms, so we tested it again and again. China may have banned Taiwan pineapple, but domestic sales are as strong as ever. If you're heading out for a beef noodle anytime soon, why not get one of your five fruits and veg in the same dish?